Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump. By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well. See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. Good morning. It is Monday, November 7th at 5 minutes after 11. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels and Joe Biden advisor and former Atlanta mayor. Keisha Lance Bottoms suggested on MSNBC yesterday that black men are being targeted with misinformation as the 22 midterm election approaches. She also blamed COVID-19 for the Democrats' difficulty in drawing enthusiasm for their messages. Think about this, Casey. You have totally screwed up society. Like every facet of American existence is more difficult than it was two years ago when you came into office. And for once, it is things that people can feel directly, right? Mm -hmm. You can't spin your way out of it. And so your response to that, when you control all the levers of, the, of government, mm-hmm. so you can say, boy, those pesky Republicans in right. the House, they're really, they're really keeping us from succeeding, is to tell people, you're just stupid, and it's misinformation, and the reality that you're, belie- you're experiencing every single day is not to be believed. Don't be such a foolish child. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. She says misinformation is why people don't like Joe Biden. If the policies are so good, why is communicating them such a problem? Well, it's been a very difficult couple of years. We have been in the midst of a pandemic. There's been a lot of misinformation flooding the airwaves. Uh, We see it in in ways not just on television, but we're seeing it through YouTube. We're seeing it on other social media platforms. So it is more difficult to get the message out. We're having a hard time getting our message out. Meanwhile, the president and Barack Obama appearing together to drum up support for Pennsylvania candidate John Fetterman. Can you imagine you need the former guy to come with you to help lift up somebody that you want to win? Uh, And the idea that when almost every major television and print media outlet in this country is on your side and actively working and has actively worked to promote your party and your candidates and your causes and the idea that you are not getting your information out, mm-hmm. well, then how would you get your information out? Like, I mean, there's going to be billions of dollars spent in the collectively in these midterms. Again, you have every major television and print media outlet basically in this country at your disposal. Mm-hmm. And... It's misinformation. It's misinformation. So, so, so it's not so bad policy. We're led to believe that Fred, Just misinformation. Fred on Facebook is more powerful than the New York Times. That's what <laughs> Keisha Lance Bottoms wants you to believe. Now, mm-hmm. as bad as that was, can we talk about James Clyburn for a moment? Sure. So James, if Cl- we have to. Well, we do. Mm. And so he is a representative from South Carolina. He is. Uh, the guy who is basically credited with saving the presidency for Joe Biden. Remember, he was he lost the first two badly. New Hampshire and South and uh, Iowa came to South Carolina, 
Clyburn came out. Obviously, he has huge sway over uh, black voters in, in that state and has for years. They all came out for Biden. He won, and then he went on to the win the presidency when conveniently Buttigieg and everybody else dropped out on the yeah, same time. Yeah, that was time. a side conversation that I'm sure happened. And the just vile nature of these people. So he comes out the other day, I think this was on Fox, and yeah, said, if was. you vote against someone who questions the election in 2020, mm-hmm. so if you come out like it, someone the equivalent of me who says, wow, that's a major gigantic coincidence that a guy who never left his basement, his rallies had six people and they were all socially distanced, got 81 million legal votes and wow, that's also a giant coincidence that that all happened with mass mail and unaccountable voting. And it's also kind of weird that in a whole bunch of swing states at midnight, the, the votes flipped. Well, now, according to James Clyburn, mm-hmm. you are supporting Ger- Germany and Italy mm-hmm. circa 1930. So the saying, wow, there's some real interesting things that happened here. And there's kind of some discrepancies maybe at what happened here. You're now the equivalent of supporting someone in Germany and Italy in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. If people want to deny it, that's fine. But okay, the but- facts are very clear. I've studied history all of my life. Okay. I taught history. And I'm telling you, what I see here are parallels to what the history was okay. uh, in this world uh, back in the 1930s so, in then, Germany, in Italy. Okay. Are, are voters, though, out there listening to this message to infer from what you're saying that if they don't vote for Democrats in this election, that they are somehow supporting something akin to the rise of Hitler? No, if they don't vote against election deniers, if they don't vote against liars, people who lie, know full well they're lying, we all know they're lying. This was the cleanest election in the history of the country. Uh, so so uh, just real quick, telling someone that they're supporting Hitler or Mussolini if they disagree with you is a real way to win them over mm-hmm. and bring them back to your side. And... You know, Casey, I don't think I'm a bad person. Uh, I think I pay my taxes. I think I show up to work each day. I've uh, never been uh, charged nor convicted of any felonious anything. Uh, My best friend is black. My wife's Hispanic. And I work with a woman. So I think I pretty much got the diversity, accepting all, loving all. Uh, I think I've got that under control. But according to James Clyburn, I am now the equivalent of Hitler and Mussolini. You're the problem. You know, Biden has pledged to, quote, work across the aisle in the event Republicans gain control of Congress. And I'm going to say it. Bull crap. Oh, I thought you were going to say the big one. No, no. This is, I mean, he's called us fascists and his media. Arms have said that we're roaches and so on, not buying it for for not even a second. And then Clyburn said that losing this democracy would be the end of the world. And then he backpedaled on that. So no, 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 nobody's saying the world is ending. And how about Biden giving us that final warning? last week this is your final warning (laughs) or what what standing behind a podium with the presidential seal on it he's giving us a final warning to vote the way that he wants or what's gonna happen you're gonna be in big trouble tell me what's gonna happen the final warning now please tell me which side sounds more like Germany and Italy, circa late 30s. I agree. Final warning. Okay, Casey, can we do something fun when we come back? Yes. So when you first started here, we had our our friend Ethan Hatcher, who does the uh, Saturday Night on the Circle show. Mm -hmm. 
he did some historical research, and so this would have been what, like March, April ish. I believe it was the last week in March because I was sitting in the studio, but I hadn't gone on the air with okay. you yet. Okay, so we had Ethan compile uh, where because at the time Trump had said if you take the five worst presidents in history and combine them together, Joe Biden's worse than them. Mm-hmm. And so we asked Ethan because he's a historian mm-hmm. to rank where Joe Biden comes in in terms of all time worst presidents, and he had a fabulous list, and people. Loved Loved that segment. And so now that we are, let's say that was the end of March, we are seven months on from that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see, because I think Biden was like fourth mm-hmm. at the time. We're going to see where Ethan has Biden if now. If he's gone up yes. on the list Ethan at all. Ethan will join us when we come back. Great. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. It is 17 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So it was the end of March of this year when I was sitting in the studio thinking to myself, oh, what in the hell have I gotten myself into? When Ethan Hatcher was in the studio reviewing the worst U.S. presidents in history. Ethan Hatcher joins us now Saturday night on The Circle Host. You can listen to him every Saturday night from 7 until 9 when uh, when football doesn't when I'm not eclipsed by the sports football, yes, I yes. really appreciate you guys having me on the show. Thanks for the. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this had this you were guest hosting that that day, and this had come out of Trump saying, "If you take the five worst presidents of all time, combine them together, Biden is worse than those." I still would contend vehemently that that is untrue. He's still not worse than the five worst combined, but. The list has changed since March. You finagled him up to like three or four. Yeah. Um, he did not make my top five, but yeah, so he's okay. in the list now. Okay, all right. So let's let's start at uh, f- well. First of all, where well, give us the number, and then we'll get into it. where do you have Biden? He's now? currently ranked at four. Ranked at ranked at four. Okay, so give us your give us number five. Who is number five and Andrew why? Andrew Johnson. Okay, why? Many of the reasons why Andrew Johnson was brought to the precipice of being impeached were not reasons that would fly today. It was a lot of his bickering with Congress, which just comes down well, to Well, Trump the made a phone call and got impeached, so maybe it would fly today. Uh, although the biggest mark against him is the fact that he was rather lackluster in the enforcement of post-Civil War Reconstruction, mm-hmm. which sowed the seeds that became uh, germinated into the Jim Crow South. Okay. So that's a mark against him. So Jim Crow's pretty bad, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. that's a huge mark against and so based on that not the impeachment per se but then the fact that he did very little he they allowed basically the republican approach at the time was if democrats behave themselves we're still going to kind of give them back most of what they had pre-civil war and then that ended up being an enormous mistake okay so that's pretty bad yeah johnson one of three presidents to be impeached soon to be four (laughs) oh hey now all right so so that's number five number four you have biden is joe biden why 
It is the culmination of everything in office. It's the supply chain issues. It's the exacerbation of inflation with irresponsible government spending. It's the withdrawal from Afghanistan. It's the fact that he can't put a coherent uh, sentence together. It's the fact that uh, even his own party is uncomfortable marching him out in the midterm elections to act as a supporter of his own party. On every level, at every instance, Biden is failing, and it's culminating to be, I think, think a big referendum. I mean, we'll see tomorrow. We'll see tomorrow. But I think it's going to be a big referendum election against the president. Question. You're a historian, by the way. Ethan Hatcher is joining us from Saturday Night on the Circle. He's listing his five worst American presidents in U.S. history. Uh, Andrew Johnson, four, uh, five, Biden, four. Were presidents ever really great speakers? Like I think about in our in our in my life. OK, so Reagan obviously was good. Obama was good. But Bush one stunk. Bush two stunk. Trump wasn't great. Oh, obviously Biden. So is did we just have this misconception? Like if you took Howard Taft and said, uh, if you could transpose Taft, Bush one stunk. That this aggression will not yeah, stand. Yeah, Bush one stunk. Yeah, it was terrible. It was awful. Against- ne- never, ever, never, ever, ever, never, ever, never, ever. That's where I think I stole that from. It was from a Saturday Night Live skit that ripped that off. Aggression against um, Kuwait. The point is. Like, were, do we have this perception that, oh, my gosh, these people were always just phenomenal orators, or were they always maybe closer to uh, Bush? The G- country was certainly rooted in strong oration. If you look at any of the written uh, orations of our founding fathers, I think they, conti- they continue to inspire. Um, so certainly it was founded that way. And then throughout history, we've had variances of strong orators. Or, I mean, if they had a military record, sometimes it, you know, it was more their record that ensconced them in office than their ability to orate. Lincoln was a great example of a, a, a spokesman. Yeah, but like, what? Like, well, let's get, I want to make sure we get to the final third. All right, who's third? So you, uh, got, so you got Johnson at you five. You made a compelling case to de-seat uh, uh, D- D- Ulysses S. Grant, yes. Grant, who used he to be my number He won the three. Civil War! Okay, so instead we're substituting out Grant for Warren G. Harding, okay. who on multiple mm. levels, he was, let's say, the Bill Clinton of his day. Oh. He was a philanderer. He was Teapot. runaway. Do what? The Teapot Dome scandal. The Teapot Dome scandal, mm-hmm. indeed. He gave away contracts through his... It, it was mostly because he couldn't say no. In so many ways in his life, this was a man who could not say no. And, and this was worse than the, Biden? Yes. Really? It was out-and-out corruption. Uh, and unlike Biden, it was unknown until after his death in oh. 1923. He actually <laughs> died a popular president, and then retrospectively it was uncovered all these scandals that were fraught throughout his administration. Isn't it interesting? Including a child uh, born out of wedlock. Harding only was president for two years, just like Biden yeah. so far. So you've got two guys on your list that were only in office for two years. Yes. And Hart... Har- Harding uh, was one of the most inept presidents to ever grace office. He was a popular man, but he was not a man of principle. Okay, so you've got Johnson Johnson at five, Biden at four, Harding at three. Who's number two? Woodrow Wilson, one of the most nefarious entities to ever inhabit the Oval Office, without whom we would not have the income tax, the Federal Reserve, so many pernicious... I mean, he re-segregated the federal government. He was a pernicious racist, helped repopularize 
organized the KKK after yeah. Ulysses S. Grant had them declared a terrorist organization. He helped institutionalize in his capacity as a professor of history and political science the lost cause mythology, uh, which continues to exist in textbooks today. So he rewrote the history of the South. Um, it just terrible, terrible, awful, no good, rotten president. Now, wasn't he the one who, towards the end, was he the one who had this? Was it a stroke? He had, yes, you're, uh, good memory. Uh, Edith Wilson is the unofficial first female president wow. of the United States because he had worked himself so hard with his extremely uh, religious uh, uh, work ethic um, that he had he worked himself into a stroke and he was unable to communicate and they they partitioned him off from the rest of the government and Edith Wilson acted as the intermediary so it was basically wow. her who was communicating whatever he could mumble and you know the the scuttlebutt is that she was of yeah. course the puppet uh, the puppet master pulling the strings yes casey my question is wasn't the uh, women's right to vote ratified while wilson was in office though correct so doesn't that give that him that also counts against him uh, terrible mistake uh, terrible mistake look at how america has circled the drain since <laughs> women got the right to vote casey i mean i'm sorry but it was an awful it was a, a terrible mistake Come on, we now. should reevaluate that Go, now do you think that that was him or was that Edith who did that? Well, that wasn't him. That was the states. You, yeah. you remember, you got to be ratified through the states. So yeah. it, it was. Uh, okay, so let's re again. Ethan Hatcher with us uh, for this segment Saturday night on the Circle Host. We're recapping his five worst presidents in American history. So number five, you had Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson. Number four was Biden. Indeed. Three was Harding. Mm -hmm. Two was Woodrow Wilson. And number one. Number one was and remains James Buchanan mm. because of his meddling. Wait, Carter's not on this list? Uh, no, Jimmy, uh, uh, Jimmy Carter was replaced by Biden. Uh, Carter oh, made the old list. Okay. Uh, I think it is official. It only took a couple more months, but I, I think we can now safely say Biden worse than Carter. Now you are, and I, I wanted you to have you on because you're a historian. You're obviously a conservative, liberty-minded individual, but you're a historian. So you believe historically Biden is already worse than Jimmy Carter? I, th I think we can say that. I, don't you think the withdrawal from Afghanistan was more disastrous for American for, foreign policy than the uh, hostage crisis in yeah, Iran? That's a great point. Those are probably on scale because things get like immortal. I mean, it was like Saigon. They were you know, getting li airlifted out in helicopters, well, yeah, but, throwing uh, babies over fences. Things get etched in stone in time where you're like, oh my gosh, the Iran crisis was this worst thing that's ever happened. And you're right. That's a great point. I never thought about that until now. Afghanistan, that was how he's bad certainly Afghanistan worse was. than 1970s inflation. Yeah, that's We've a already great broken point. that. So he is, I think, worse than Carter now. Okay. Okay, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to distract you. I just realized I, I thought. Also, you... Carter remained popular with the party. They continue to trot Carter out as an icon of Democrats, whereas mm -hmm. he's getting kind of the uh, yeah. the cold shoulder. Yeah, even yeah. while he's still president. Biden, so, right. Biden's gonna have to build some homes. I, I think officially he. <laughs> right. Yeah, he needs to have. Okay, so and Carter did a lot for his legacy post presidency. In, yeah. right, in fairness, I will say that post presidency, Carter's a cool guy. Carter's yeah. a really cool yeah. guy. All right, so Buchanan's number one. Why Buchanan? Uh, because he it mingled. Uh, <laughs> it's pro slavery. Meddled policy hello yes uh his slavery policy and specifically he uh, he uh, meddled in the dred scott decision because mm -hmm. he wanted to bypass the issue of slavery and so he thought if the supreme court just made a ruling that african americans didn't count as american citizens uh, constitutionally then by god that, that the issue is solved and that didn't that that didn't uh work out that way is he, he the reason we had the civil appease. war 
he's a big reason. He's not the reason, but the fact that he sought to sidestep instead of address the issue, which his successor, Abraham Lincoln, ultimately did, um, is a big reason why we got there. Okay, so I, yeah, the slavery Civil and the Civil War, the, that's the, probably going to be... Is the, the ultimate stain is, on, on is, the American... Is there anything Biden could do that would elevate him above the three people you have him? I mean, because you keep saying, could it get any worse? I mean, what could Biden do to right. move into the top three? Because I want Biden in the top three. Um, you I, do? Well, I think he deserves to be there, and Ethan's very fair, so I want to see I'm, him. I'm living while let's he's wait. the well, president. I'm, I'm, I don't I'm, want him in I'm, the Let's top wait three. for hearings on the Hunter Biden scandal oh, and see there it is. how deep his involvement there is, is, because wow. he could well advance on the okay. scale. Ethan Hatcher, Saturday night on The Circle. Thank you, my friend. This was great. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for coming in. It's 93 WIBC with Kendall and Casey. <laughs> with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Diego Morales pledged to reduce Indiana's 28-day early voting period to just 14 days to save money, require Hoosiers to provide proof of U.S. citizenship when registering to vote, and also create an election task force to investigate, quote, shenanigans. However, the Republican candidate for Secretary of State is now getting some historic bad press. All right. So, okay, this is over tomorrow or it's just beginning tomorrow because and people are emailing about this. And you're right. If Diego wins tomorrow, Mm -hmm. this is just the reality. And everybody is innocent until proven guilty. But I'm just telling you what's going to happen after tomorrow. If Diego wins, Mm -hmm. there will be a firestorm of pressure to have a very thorough and public investigation into whether Diego committed tax or voter fraud in 2018. Mm -hmm. And we've heard Abdul report that state police in some shape, form, or fashion is already requesting different things. It's not exactly an informal investigation yet. But if you want to let, if your vote is about, was about for Diego, was about stopping Holcomb, a vote tomorrow for Diego is very likely going to be something that emboldens Eric Holcomb. Now, who knows what the investigation will ultimately show, but I am telling you, and this is not in any shape, form, or fashion going to break the heart of Eric Holcomb and Kyle Hupfer. They're not going to save him. They're not going to help him. They're not going to whatever. The pressure is going to be unbelievable on Diego to stay in that office for six weeks, much less four years. Mm -hmm. So you vote accordingly tomorrow and know that that's very likely going to to happen. I mean, it is, is, he's between a rock and a hard place. He's offered no explanation for it. Unless he's got some magic explanation on this, he's going to pull out of his backside after he wins. Get ready. Now, he did something over the weekend, and this actually was not his fault, but it involves him. So it's just utterly hilarious, and we're going to play play it for you. So this was in was this in Danville? Uh, Danville Dips. The Danville Dips okay. ice cream shop. So he had a campaign event in Danville, and, and look, part of why, and I'll speak for myself. I don't want to speak for Casey here, but part of the way I am, the reason I am about these politicians is because the vast majority of them are completely ridiculous and totally disingenuous. And in this case, we know there's no evidence to the contrary. He's never denied it's real. He just says it's a conspiracy of the liberal media that Todd Rokita's office fired Diego Morales when he was Secretary of State. The paperwork is plain as day, and they've never said 
no, that is forged, that is doctored, that is because it happened. Mm-hmm. Diego Morales was fired by Todd Rokita's office when he was Secretary of State. Now Rokita, mm-hmm. because it was politically expedient to line up with the conservative activist inside the Republican Party, because Rokita still has delusions in his head that he's going to be a governor or senator someday, he totally got in bed with Diego and endorsed him and supported him and has done fundraisers for him for the guy that he fired Mm -hmm. due to laziness and incompetence in the office. And Diego, because again, disingenuous, totally ridiculous, has gotten in bed with Rokita, who fired him Mm -hmm. for laziness Mm -hmm. and incompetence in the office. And so... They're at this campaign event at mm-hmm. the, what is it? The Danville Dots? Danville Dips. Danville Dips. And Diego starts praising Rokita, who fired him. Well, he's listing all of the people that he's been out <laughs> campaigning with. And then he gets to Rokita. And because Rokita, by many, many people inside the Republican Party and inside society in general, know what a disingenuous blowhard that guy is. Diego, you'll hear him go, basically, Todd Rokita, who taught me everything I know, and you'll hear someone in this, I mean, it's a Republican event. There's all these Republican office holders mm-hmm. here go, oh, no. Mm-hmm. You have uh-oh. to hear that. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. It's uh-oh. Yes, not oh, no. It's uh-oh. Listen to this. Which is this morning, we have Senator Todd Young, we have uh, Attorney General Todd Rokita, which, by the way, everything I know I learned from Todd Rokita. I work for him. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Can we play that again? That's great. Which is this morning, we have Senator Todd Young, we have uh, Attorney General Todd Rokita, which, by the way, everything I know I learned from Todd Rokita. I work for him. Uh-oh. <laughs> Even the people in the event are like, oh, that's not good. Well, he's listing all the names of the people that he was campaigning with throughout the day. And he's saying, you know, Pence and Todd Young and, yeah. and Todd Rokita. Do you really want to be one of those names on that list? Oh, I, I, There's all these pictures of them because, you know, it's a statewide campaign. Mm-hmm. And I really like Daniel Elliott, who's the Republican candidate for uh, treasurer. I think he's a good dude. Uh Tara Klutz is an establishment stooge, so whatever with her. But I feel bad for Daniel Elliott that he's had to campaign with this guy because Mm -hmm. the way they've done their buy, because generally these offices don't raise a lot of money, is they've had to run like ads where they're all three in the ad together. together. And It's teamwork. I mean, can you imagine? Look, Todd Young deserves whatever he gets. But I just love the fact that the guy fired him Mm -hmm. for being a total buffoon and yet despite getting fired he says well the guy taught me everything that i know what what are we doing here is this really the best we can do and when do we stop saying we're not just going to take whatever crap gets thrown at us by these two major parties yeah he taught me everything i know the guy who fired me there's some some kissing up for you, right? I, just I mean, it. that was so obvious. I just, the uh-oh, even the person in the room at the Republican event is like, uh-oh. oh, that's all we need to know. Rokita's your, Rokita's your, your hero your and mentor. mentor. Yeah, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, 40 minutes after 11, and let's speak about Tulsi Gabbard with less than a week before the, well, less than a week, how about a day, less than 24 hours. She uh, made a stop in South Dakota, South Dakota to stump for Christy Nome, and just this morning, she said that she is endorsing Chuck Grassley out of Iowa. 
She said that uh, Grassley will stand up for freedom and the Constitution and the American people against the radical woke agenda of the Biden administration. Tulsi Gabbard is doing the thing, though, that we talked about earlier with Oprah, where it's one thing when you go, hey, I'm a Democrat and Mm -hmm. I'm endorsing this incredibly well-qualified whatever Republican, right? I mean, and and then you go, okay, that's got merit. Well, now you're just going everywhere for Republicans. I mean, she was for Herschel Walker and it's like, dude, you and Herschel Walker have like zero in common and now this is just coming off as look at me, look at me, here's my publicity. Are you a Republican now? Like, it's one thing to say, I'm a Democrat or I'm an independent and I am campaigning. But for- now she's stumbling for everybody. Yeah. She's been to Illinois, Michigan, Arizona, even Nevada. Yeah, now you're just a person who's just shilling for Republicans, but she did try to explain why she's campaigning for so many Republicans. You, you've campaigned for some Republicans over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. What gave you that comfort to be able to say, you know, these are good people, I'm going to help them? Yeah, Governor, you know, this is uh, what I've been spending my days over the last week. It's how I'll be spending every day until Election Day uh, campaigning for great Americans. And I've, got, I've gotten asked this question almost every stop yeah. I've made by reporters to say, hey, this seems like a little bit of an odd match here. Yeah. And my answer to them is it's only an odd match if you're paying attention to the wrong things. Mm. Because what I share in common with the people who I'm going out and supporting, people like Don Bullock in New Hampshire, uh, people like Carrie Lake in Arizona, uh, people like Joe Kent in Washington State, um, these are all people who have very different backgrounds, but people who are committed to putting the well-being of the American people first, putting country first, and upholding those freedoms that are in our Constitution. I don't know, man. I mean, it seems to me it's almost a battle between Liz Cheney and Tulsi Gabbard right now. Yeah, because they both have kind of left their parties and now they're saying different things. My money's on Tulsi, by the way, in that matchup. Hey, hey, we've got a special guest coming up next and it'll be a kind of a non-political segment. So the minute or so we got left here, can I just say something before we go to to break? Absolutely. So tomorrow's election day. Yeah. And I know some of you have been a little bit tired of how much we've talked about these two top of the ticket races. Now, most of you obviously not based on our fabulous listenership, but some of you have said you guys have talked a lot, maybe too much about these U.S. Senate and Secretary of State races. Mm -hmm. And so after tomorrow, I mean, basically tomorrow, because everybody knows who to go vote for, you're done with it. We've done it because we are sick and tired of being fed crap by the Indiana Republican Party. I'm not just talking about candidates. I'm talking about policy. I'm talking about record taxation. I'm talking about record government. I'm talking about record government spending. I'm talking about doing absolutely nothing when the governor shut down society. I'm talking about us being sick of how the Republican Party treats the taxpayers and society as a collective. This is your one chance to do something about it. And it's very likely these two clowns, Young and Morales, are probably going to win anyway. But you have an opportunity to send a message. And we always believe in talking about what's right and talking about people that are best for positions and talking about who these people who elect us are. So after tomorrow, you're not going to hear us mention them unless they do something in their public office capacity. But tomorrow, for once... If these people haven't earned your vote, please just stand up for yourself. Once! For me! 
You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Coming up next, Emmy Hildebrand of Helping Veterans and Families of Indiana. She's going to join the show. We're going to talk about a Veterans Day event coming up. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Veterans Day is just around the corner, and there's a way you can help us. WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's here. So there's a phenomenal organization out there that I just learned about that is doing some great work to help veterans in need. Of course, Veterans Day, November the 11th. And I said, we got to have these people on. We got to talk talk with them about what they do. They've got a big event coming up. And the group is called Helping Veterans and Families. Our guest today with Helping Veterans and Families is Emmy Hildebrand. Emmy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. So tell us about this organization. I got to plead ignorance. We have a mutual friend who told me about you guys. I said, this is great. Tell me about Helping Veterans and Families. Sure. So HVAF of Indiana, Helping Veterans and Families, has been located here in Indianapolis for almost 30 years. In 1993, we opened our first housing property that had enough space for five veterans. And over the last 29 years, we've expanded to serve over 1,300 veterans wow. annually. That's, and so it's so amazing, right? Like, I'm a lifelong Hoosier. I feel like I, with this job, I'm pretty in touch as to the good organizations and things that are going on. But I, I never I never knew about you guys. Is this something you run into a lot that people just say, wow, this is great. I didn't know you guys even existed. It is, unfortunately. And um, it's unfortunate because that means that people aren't aware of the scope of veteran homelessness here in our community. Um, We have been celebrating this year because veteran homelessness has decreased by a third, but that still means about 800 veterans will face homelessness on our streets this year, and that's very sad. So HVAF is happy to be here to offer support to those who volunteer to serve our country and perhaps give their lives if needed for us. Tell us about some of the things that you do uh, with this fabulous Helping Veterans and Families organization. Sure. Our primary mission is housing. We offer that in a variety of ways, including transitional housing. We do some rental assistance in the community, and uh, we're newly into the permanent supportive housing space. In fact, on Wednesday this week, we're opening our newest building. It's called Proctor Place on the near west side to offer more permanent housing to veterans in need. Uh, Additionally, we offer employment services so we can help veterans who are looking for a job right now, or we can help veterans who are interested in increasing their skills and being more competitive in today's job market and also the job market of the future. Then lastly, we have a food, clothing, and hygiene pantry that's open twice a week for any veteran in the community that needs help. Uh, Emmy Hildebrand is our guest. She's with the group Helping Veterans and Families. You can learn more. What's the website for you guys, by the way? HVAF.org. Yeah, you can learn more at HVAF.org. And of course, Veterans Day is right around the corner coming up. Uh, November the 11th, and in honor of Veterans Day, and obviously you guys exist to help veterans, you have a big event coming up. We do. We have our annual fundraiser called Operation Alpha. It will be Friday night 
at the Biltwell here in Indianapolis. Oh. Yeah, we're super excited. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a really laid back, fun way to celebrate veterans while also helping the most vulnerable in our community. What are you doing? What is it? It is a really laid back fundraiser in partnership with Hotel Tango. They provide um, all of the spirits and including oh, yeah. signature cocktails for the night. So it's super fun. Um, we'll have some, some food, um, some music, and just a brief program that includes a military style grog bowl ceremony. Um, but the intent is just to kind of be laid back, celebrate veterans, and make a difference. And if people want to learn more about this big event, hvaf.org is the website. That is it. They can click on events. We still have tickets available for $100, and sponsorships begin at $500. Wow, that's great. Okay, so hvaf.org is the website. I wanted to ask you because, you know, we think about, and, and it seems like in every like congressional U.S. presidential election we hear, we got to do more for the veterans. We got to do more for the veterans. We got to help the veterans. And you don't think about how many veterans end up in a bad spot because we as a society want to think, hey, we try to help them as taxpayers with college education or, you know, taking care of them. How do so many veterans end up in such a bad spot? Well, it's a really interesting question. And all of the data shows that veterans are actually much more likely to be homeless than non-veterans. And women veterans are especially vulnerable to homelessness. And it's for a variety of factors. It could be something as simple as unemployment. Um, We've been through a a rough couple of years these last years uh, in terms of employment, but it could be more than that. It could be a substance use problem. It could be a mental health or a physical health issue. And, you know, when a person falls into homelessness, I equate it to kind of like a snowball. Um, Everything starts to go wrong and they really need the assistance that HVAF offers to kind of dig out and get back on their feet. So November 11th is the big event. You can learn more. This is a great organization uh, that really is doing a lot of great work. HVAF.org is the website. Anything else you want to make sure people know before we uh, let you go today, Emmy? Just how important their support is to the work that we're doing. You know, um, men and women since 1973 have volunteered to serve our country. We've had no draft, so this is all voluntary. And I really believe that when they fall on hard times, we owe it to them to be here to support them. So um, that comes with great support from our community. So we're really thankful for everyone who's sympathetic to the work that we're doing and who's willing to join alongside us. Helping Veterans and Families, HVAF.org. Emmy Hildebrand, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. That is going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Great job, Kevin, on the board. Great job, Casey, as always. Stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's a new day because COVID vaccines just got a big update. So all the big stuff coming up this fall, well, now you can say, you bet I'll be there. Because updated COVID vaccines protect against both the original COVID virus and Omicron. And everyone five and older can get one. So this is a moment we've all been waiting for. Find updated COVID vaccines at vaccines.gov. We can do this. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Afraid to look at your financial statements? Shredding them without opening them? It's time for a second opinion from Edelman Financial Engines. Our opinions aren't based on intuition or daily market movements. They're grounded in institutional rigor, and all of our planners are fiduciaries 